Do you watch television? Of course you do. Then have you tried Dish TV from All-American Dish yet? No? Well, now is a great time because we are giving everyone that calls today a two-year locked-in price. Your rate will not change for two years. The clock is ticking. Call now, get Dish, and get your price locked in for two years and save yourself some money. Dish has your favorite TV programs, even Netflix and Amazon Prime built into the DVR. You can even watch Dish anywhere you have an internet connection. Plus, we've even got awesome discounts for the military and seniors. Oh, and one more thing. Call All-American Dish now and we'll even give you a free Google TV voice remote, free installation, and free equipment. Don't wait. Call All-American Dish now. 800-706-7063. 800-706-7063. 800-706-7063. That's 800-706-7063. Download and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasting from the J&K Twin Studios. This is the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast Breakdown, an in-depth look at a Red season, player, or game. Now, here's your hosts, Scott Evans and Nick Lawson. And welcome to the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast Breakdown. We are going to break down Bob Castellini this week because the team is uh, not playing well. Don't really feel like talking about them uh, other than Jesse Winker, Nick Castellanos. Everyone else is kind of struggling right now. A lot of attention being put on ownership, so I thought, what a great time to look back at uh, Bob Castellini uh, and and his ownership, uh, some stories I have about him, and uh, where we think uh, we kind of grade him on his ownership (laughs) levels, and uh, knowing him, he's probably going to be tougher than even us, so we'll uh, get into that, and uh, as well as uh, look how the team has performed since 2006 uh, when he bought the team. I'm Scott Evans. He's Nick Lawson. Uh, be sure to subscribe to us uh, wherever you're listening to us at. And uh, how are you going? How's the things? How are things going, Nick? Things are good. Things are good. Can't, can't complain unless you know, if the Reds were winning some games, and I could be, I could say, "Hey, man, I feel great." Right, right. But yeah, for I mean, now, you know, it is what it is. I mean, typically at this time, they're they're at a break. Uh, I think tomorrow's the day off. Uh, this is being recorded on uh, Sunday. Uh, May 23rd, 2021, just kind of a peek behind the curtain, but, uh, but yeah, uh, the, the team it, it's for the most part, uh, the last couple of weeks, not been fun watching, not been fun playing with or playing probably for the team. And, uh, I, 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 I kind of want to forget the last two weeks of play, uh, rather than go over it. So we're going to talk about Bob Castellini, really interesting dude, uh, uh, the, the Friday night was his wedding anniversary, 55th wedding anniversary. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think they should keep it going every time because it was a fun night. Uh, he got cheered. He was riding in red Zilla with his wife, Susie. Uh, they were on the kiss cam and, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. And the reds played well that night. They played with some energy, some passion when he was there. Well, it was the only game they won on the homestand. Right. <laughs> and, and they've been playing well at home. So. Um, but anyway, uh, let's get into Bob Castellini, of course, uh, businessman. He's, uh, been in baseball for more than just the Reds though. Uh, of course, uh, he got his, uh, start in the produce business, 
Uh, got his degrees in economics from Georgetown University. Went on to get his MBA from the Wharton School in 1967. So a lot of high education there. Um, became the executive vice president for the Castellini Group of Companies. And then in 1970, became president of the company until 1992. Uh, he had been part of the St. Louis Cardinals ownership group and also invested in the Baltimore Orioles. Sad. <laughs> you think it's yeah he's a former cardinal he did own the cardinals of course uh, the uh group that owns the cardinals have ties to cincinnati and i think to the reds as well so kind of uh, a fun rivalry uh probably even within the ownership groups and then in 2006 castellini was the head of a group who purchased the reds uh from carl linder and um And, yeah, so uh, I think he paid $270 million for the team, or the group did. What a bargain. And, well, uh, you know, I, I think uh, Lender paid $65 million. So, I mean, it's kind of like housing markets now. You buy a house today and you sell it for a million dollars more tomorrow, tomorrow. Baseball teams kind of do that on paper anyway. Uh, but uh, in 2005, Reds have had five consecutive losing seasons, which at the time was the longest streak in team history and uh Car or at least in the last 50 years at that time and carl linder jr uh got booed a lot now carl linder jr never spent money <laughs> uh, i think his highest payroll ever was 69 million with larkin and griffey making about half of that then he wasn't wasn't the owner when greg vaughn was here yeah, uh, Linder bought it from uh, Marge when baseball kind of for forced Marge out. Linder wanted to make sure it stayed in Cincinnati and not an outside uh, ownership group. Okay, I figured because I, I don't know how much they got Greg Vaughn for, but, I mean, he was a bargain for one season. Right, right. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, of course, no matter who owns it, and we'll get into that, it's, it's, a, it's a lower market, middle market team. You're not going to get the same – uh, salaries and, and budget uh, leniency that uh, teams like New York or the Dodgers have. But uh, we, we will talk about that as well. But uh, anyway, bought it in 2006, quickly changed the general manager from Dan O'Brien to Wayne Kritzky uh, in 2006, became more competitive that year. Uh, third place finish 80 and 82, very close to a winning season. Uh, took Dusty coming on board uh, in later seasons to really turn the corner uh, to get the 2010 through 2013 uh, winning seasons. But, uh, but yeah, Bob uh, kind of set himself up, though, when he bought the team. He said, I, I think it's a kind of a paraphrase, is, uh, we're going to bring championship baseball back to Cincinnati. They've won a couple of uh, division championships, but have never been able to get through the playoffs and, and to the World Series, which is what every fan wants, regardless if you're the uh, Tampa Bay Rays with like a $60 million payroll, the Reds with a $122 million payroll, or uh, the Dodgers who seem to have unlimited payroll. Well, they got Magic Johnson and his group of people. <laughs> well, they also have a TV deal <laughs> that yeah. – um, the deal TV deal alone makes more than the Reds make uh, all together. So before uh, before the Reds or before the Dodgers sell one ticket, they're making more money than the Reds make 
uh, with two million people coming to the ballpark. That's sad. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's just uh, that's the difference between <laughs> between major market and uh, smaller markets. Of course, um, some controversy with that in uh, L.A. is they're having uh, trouble. If you live in L.A., some I think they finally got this taken care of, but. You couldn't watch the team if you lived in L.A. because the cable company couldn't come to a deal. Well, you can't watch the Reds here on MLB TV because it's blacked out. Right, right. Well, that's a completely different uh, problem as well. Something uh, I know a lot of the players, especially Trevor Bauer, are complaining about. I remember uh, Tucker Barnhart last year uh, had to go to Indianapolis uh, for the birth of his uh, child, and uh, he couldn't watch the game because it was blacked out. Yeah, I mean, that's, that sucks. I mean, we had to deal with that with football for the longest time, and they right. finally abolished that. Yeah, with baseball, it's even stranger. There there are some parts of the country where basically you have up to six games blocked out. That's so dumb. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. And, and, you know, you're paying for the extra service that you should. That's my opinion. It's yeah, dumb. I mean, if you have MLB.TV, you're paying $178 a year. You should get every game live, even in your home market. Show the ads. The technology should be there to where if you're watching on MLB.TV, you get to see Fox Sports Ohio's ads. But if, or I'm sorry, Valley Sports Ohio's ads. Because, I mean, that's the, that's the main reason why Valley Sports uh, doesn't want it on there. That and they want um, your subscriber data to go to the cable. But, I mean, people are, are just not caring. So it's not really working to get people to go sign up for Spectrum or AT&T now TV, which is what I have. Uh, it's, it's time to be, put the fans first. Yeah, they're not They're They're, they're putting, they're putting other things first. They don't care about the fans. They just okay. want the money. And, and the, the, we're kind of getting a little bit off topic. Uh, Bob Castellini, a little bit of part of that as, as an owner, he can have some say in that, but, uh, I mean, it starts with Rob Manfred. He needs to, uh, work that. And ho- hopefully the players kind of bring that up in the next, uh, the next bargaining agreement, because I know a lot of the players are kind of frustrated with that because they have family and friends at home and they can't watch the game. I mean, that's pretty, that's just a sad situation. I think you've got to step in and do something. If you're Rob Manfred, I'm sorry, Rob Manfred, <laughs> you have to step in there and do something about it. Right. We'll say he that, doesn't care about the game. He doesn't care about the game anyway. Yeah. We'll, we'll say that when we do it, Rob Manfred, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, we need to do a Rob edition. So anyway, back to Bob Castellini. Uh, let, let's take a look at his seasons uh, since he's been here with the Reds. Of course, we already talked about the 2006 season, the very first season uh, he was a Red. Now, during that, he made a couple of key acquisitions. He got Bronson Arroyo and Brandon Phillips that year. Good. Enjoyed them. <laughs> Absolutely. And I uh, really got both of them for a steal, uh, uh, I mean, Wayne, or yeah, Wayne Kripsky had the personality of a rock, <laughs> but uh, he did make some uh, decent moves, especially the first year uh, getting Brandon Phillips because the Reds had no second baseman that year. Uh, they assigned Tony Womack in the offseason who made uh, Suarez at shortstop look like a gold glover in the first week of this season. Uh, he was bad. Tony Womack was <laughs> at that point in his career at second base. Uh, get Brandon Phillips for Je- Jeff Stevens after the season starts, after the first series, and then uh, in the uh, spring training, late spring training, 
Got uh, Bronson Arroyo for Willie Mo Pena, one of my favorite players to watch in batting practice. But uh, if they didn't get Bronson Arroyo, the winning seasons in 2010, same thing with Brandon Phillips. So those two players that they got in 2006, along with the emergence of Jay Bruce and Joey Votto, uh, 2010, 2012, 2013 doesn't happen. And William had sick power too. Oh, he did. There was, there was a game me and a friend of, I think it was opening day one year, maybe 2005, and we were there early for batting practice, and Willie Mopena hit one into the upper deck of the bleachers. Two guys were just sitting there talking. One of them got hit in the chest. It was, he was okay, so it was funny. But <laughs> oh man. But uh, yeah, so 2006. Had, it was just like, the Duke. The Duke hit it to the moon. Yeah, if he, he, if he could, he would hit it to the moon. So 2006, they won 80 games, uh, very, very close to winning the division. Uh, I think St. Louis had 83 wins that year. It actually, won the World Series with 83 regular season wins. Uh, so that don't happen anymore. No, not really. But. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the Reds that year came very very close, and then uh, the following year in two thousand and seven, I, I think it may have been another year. Griffey may have gotten hurt a little bit that year, but seventy two and ninety kind of took a step back. Seventy four and eighty eight in two thousand and eight. Uh, I think that was Dusty Baker's first year. I believe so. And uh, two certain, in two thousand and nine. 78 and 84, but, uh, I mean, they were really close throughout the season, kind of dropped off at the end in a lot of those years. And then 2010 started off really slow. And then at the end of the year, finally paid it off. Paid off. Uh, I remember asking Bob Castellini at a season ticket function, um, what's his favorite part of being an owner? And he said this right now. So the, the myth out there that Bob Castellini doesn't want to win is that it's a myth. He's there cheering as hard as anyone else uh, at the games. But there there are economics of baseball that come into play, uh, which we'll get into, and, and especially after coming after the COVID season. And and the bottom line is, whatever players he puts out there, they gotta play. And we're not seeing we're not seeing people playing up to their ability this year. And and I think that's a big problem. But uh, going into 2010, 2011, of uh, I think Votto, was Votto hurt in 2011? Yes. Yeah, I think the Reds suffered a lot of injuries that year. Kind of another year where I, I think the I think the office the could have uh, added a little bit, but they kept the same pitching. I remember we got Dontrell Willis that year. I think it was one of the pitchers. Didn't they get injured that year too? Did Bronson get injured in 2011? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. At my age, I can't remember yesterday. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think besides Votto, Votto had a knee injury. Um I believe there are a couple pitchers hurt as well. I think Matt Latos might have been down or something. Uh, we didn't have. Did we have late? We didn't get Latos till after 2011. Was it really? Yeah. See, not, I don't even know anymore. Uh, let's see. Joey Votto. No, Joey Votto was healthy all year. He played 161 games in 2011. I think 2012 he got hurt, but, and then Todd Frazier broke out. And right. uh, filled in for him really well that that year. This year we don't have a good fill in for Votto. No, it's it's a revolving door of uh, first baseman right now. Uh, Bronson Arroyo, uh, no, he played thirty five games. Uh, Homer Bailey may have been injured. He had twenty one games. 
He was he was injured a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Edison Volquez, I, I think he was one that kind of uh, was. Oh my God. Yep, he had eighteen games that year. So uh, I think Quato. I think Quato went down. Wasn't Quato down too, or no? Oh, we didn't have Quato. Quato. We didn't have Quato. Did we have Quato in two thousand eleven? Just eleven. He's nine and five. Yep, it's nine and five that year. Okay. Yeah, uh, Travis. Yeah, I think it was Vol- I think it was Volquez. I think he had to have Tommy John. Yeah, you're right because he didn't. He only pitched uh, five and seven that year. Uh, Twenty games. So I think he got injured. 108 innings for Volquez. So yeah, he was definitely injured. Uh, so you had some pitching issues. I remember Dontrell Willis. I was excited to see him on the team. Yeah, I was hoping he'd turn it around. Yeah, and I thought he was much older he when good he-, and he looked good. At- he was, but he looked good in some games, and in other games, he just kind of lost it again. Yeah, he, he was one of my always one of my favorite players. But uh, anyway, 2011 rough year for the Reds. Uh, 2012 was one of the best Reds teams I've seen uh, in the last uh, 30 years. Probably up there with the 90. Yeah, quite pro- 19 games that year. Yeah, up there with the 95 team. Uh, everybody loved Bob Castellini in 2012. Yeah, he had a, he had a quality team. Uh, they gave up. They won 97 games. Uh, 2013 uh, had some more injury issues, and then just kind of lost it at the end of that year. They won 90 games in 2013, but I think when you mention 2013, a lot of people it, it seems like a losing se- losing season because they ended like four or five straight losses, including the. Uh, embarrassing playoff game. I think that's all everybody thinks of is that playoff game to the Pirates. Right. Uh, 2014 began the Brian Price era. Ugh. <laughs> and I, I, I think a lot of the a lot of the heat deservedly goes to uh, Brian Price because first season, 2015, or sorry, 2014, the Reds still had a quality team that should have been uh, should have been more competitive. Of course, Ryan Ludwig got injured opening day. That kind of hurt. Uh, but you said Marlon Bird. You had you had you had some players. They didn't add really anybody from two thousand uh, from the two thousand thirteen team. They did trade. Uh, I think they did uh, maybe lose a couple of players, but uh, they still should have been a lot more competitive than they were. Replay came into effect, and that kind of messed up. One of my favorite players that didn't perform well, except for a couple of seasons, J.J. Hoover. <laughs> and then you had Brian Price. I mean, not, not to go off on the manager, but that year, every time the bra- bases were loaded, he brought in or kept in J.J. Hoover, who if you look at his splits that year without looking it up, he was like batting average against J.J. Uh, Hoover with the bases loaded was like 500. So... Y- and and he every time bases got loaded, let's call in JJ. Yeah, his his managerial decisions were horrible. And they were the wrong guy at the wrong time. Right, 2015 began. Well, end of 2014 in December, they traded away Matt Latos, uh, which he was injured, so he didn't really do anything after the trade. They also traded away somebody else the same day, and I can't remember who it was. <laughs> But 
But that began the teardown. 2015, uh, at the All-Star break, they got rid of Johnny Cueto uh, and, and really started the uh, teardown process. Uh, that year, they were 64 and 98 in 2015. Wow. 2016 began the step back as the uh, Reds ownership and uh, Phil Castellini called it. I was always against it. A lot of the Reds fans out there complaining today about all the losing seasons were for it back then. (laughs) Or uh, my favorite is one complaint will be they trade away all their players. And then the next thing is we need to trade uh, Castellanos at the trade deadline. You can't have it both ways. No, I mean, Remember they traded Todd Frazier after the 15 season. Yep, Todd Frazier, Roldis Chapman, yeah. uh, and and so I, mean, I still I, I still miss Oh, absolutely! Chapman. But you know the Reds were knowingly going in, and Bob went kicking and scre- screaming because he's like us. He wants to win every season, and I think Dick Williams talked him into uh, Dick Williams and others in the organization. Maybe Nick Crawl. Uh, talked him into going this rebuild path where they take a step back because the Cubs were going to be a powerhouse in the uh, Central Division. Uh, they they were looking at it as a way to get draft picks, uh, build up some money to spend later, which they did. We'll get into that uh, in, a, in a minute. But, um, but yeah, it's a real tough sell for the fans. Uh, that's why you went from 2.4 million people in 2015 coming to the Reds games. Of course, that was the All-Star game year to uh, 1.8 million in uh, 2016, 1.8 million in 2017, 1.6 million in 2018, which is by far one of the worst Reds teams I've ever seen, at least until Riggleman took over, who made them a little bit better. <laughs> and then 2019, it did kick up to 1.8 million. Reds spent some money last year, but COVID hit zero. And uh, so far this year, not counting today, 276,000 COVID restrictions still in place. Uh, so after June 2nd, we'll kind of really see where this team's going to be as far as attracting a crowd. So a lot of things have changed there. But, but yeah, so you uh, the rebuild did not work as quickly as some fans. And I think Bob Castellini, in his mind, is like uh, three years max is, is what he was looking for. 2019 was supposed to. 2018, 2019 was supposed to be the year uh, that the Reds became competitive again. Brian Price definitely couldn't do it. <laughs> and uh, David Bell's first year, 75 and 87. He made a lot of mistakes, I think, the first year that he's still making today. It looked like early in the season he was kind of trying to be more consistent with the lineup. But uh, I, that's kind of where I put the blame uh, today is on some of the players and uh, definitely on Brian Price because, I mean, Bob Castellini's not the reason why Suarez is hitting under two, 200. No, there, there's – David Bell is – I know the computer bell is not working. <laughs> you know, right. he's, he's, got, he's got these every different lineup every single day. Right. And, you know, some of it's understandable because Votto's hurt, Moustakas is hurt, Senzel's hurt, uh, Lorenzen's hurt. So you do have kind of a that kind of excuses a little bit, but at the same time, when Votto went down in 2012, the majority of first base was played by Todd Frazier. Uh, sometimes uh, one of the extra catchers would play first base uh, that season as well, but for the most part, it was Todd Frazier at first. Now Todd also performed 
uh, which none of the guys at first play at first base other than maybe Tyler Stevenson. But that kind of scares me too, having both catchers in the game at the same time. Well, if you look at it, if Farmer's in the game, he's the third catcher. Well, you know that's true. Though I heard they're gonna that I I heard uh, I think I heard on a game uh, either on the radio or TV talking about how David Bell says the emergency catcher is not Farmer this year. It's Blandino. Let's be honest. Blandino sucks. <laughs> Blandino's a freaking terrible player. Thoreau went from across the field today, and he could even get the ball straight into Stevenson. Stevenson had to jump for it and to move over to the left or to the right. Blandino's a terrible player. Right. And, he, and he I think fill it in the first base, he could fill it in the infield. That's fine. But he can't hit for crap, and he can't, he, he just can't, he's not a good player. You know, uh, I like Blandino, but uh, yeah, he's not played well this year at all. He really needs to go down. He don't have any options. That's why they can't send him down. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah, because I don't think he played it. Did he, he didn't really play at all last year, did he? Or very limited? Maybe two games. Yeah. And, and, if any. And, or I guess he was at the uh, Praxco, or Prasco field in, uh, in Mason, but yeah. Uh, it's not the same. That's going to hurt. That's hurt a lot of the bench players in Major League Baseball and, and even in the minor leagues uh, where, you know, a lot of the guys playing in AAA, AA uh, had no game experience last year at all. Uh, so there's a lot of rust on it, and it, it, it definitely uh, shows up on some of the younger guys the Reds have had to put in this year due to injury. And, uh, yeah, well, he, I mean, he's definitely even, one even of them. Analyze, you analyze the infield right now, it's It's hurting. You know, they can't make up their mind if you're going to put Suarez a third or, or a shortstop. Obviously, with Mustakas down, you have to put him at third base. But then you put Farmer a shortstop, and Farmer's a terrible shortstop. He can't play the position. And India was in a, in, a, in, a, in a rut there for a minute, and he wasn't even playing at all. So I'm trying to get inside David Bell's computer here, and I can't figure it out why. <laughs> he doesn't have certain guys. He's not starting Akiyama at all. You didn't sign the guy to have him sit on the bench. Yeah, that, that one makes no sense. I don't get that either. And what are you going to do when Aristides Aquino comes back? Who knows? He doesn't have any options either. You can't send him down. So, I mean, but I, I know uh, getting back to Bob Castellini, one of the complaints is he's not spending any money. That's not really true. Uh, let's take a look at the 2019 uh, payroll uh, level, which was kind of where the Reds said, okay, we're going to start competing again. You know, we they never really said, you know, hey, we're going to throw games or anything like that. But in all honesty, uh, they were they were not necessarily – they wanted to win, but uh, that wasn't their primary goal. Their primary goal was to build up the minor leagues, uh, build up the scouting operation uh, for longer-term winning. So in 2019 – uh, total payroll, including uh, some of the minor league salaries, was $128 million. So he's spending money. I mean, he's not spending Yankees money or Dodgers money. The Reds can't. Uh, it's just that simple. Unless baseball, Until baseball goes to kind of a all the money goes in and gets split out evenly, kind of like football does or something similar with some of the other leagues. Uh, which the players aren't going to go for because the only way that works is if there's not guaranteed contracts. What's the current uh, budget right now? So we'll get into that. So 2019, $128 million. Going into 2020, no one knew <laughs> what 2020 was going to bring. 
Uh, the Reds, they wanted to compete, so they spent a lot of money in that offseason. Uh, one of the guys we talk about doesn't even get a play. Um, their total payroll ended up being $55 million prorated. What it uh, was going to be uh, was $165 million uh, towards uh, based on uh, their salary cap or salary tax room. So uh, I think $155 million was what it was for active players and payroll going into the season last year. So Reds are spending money. <laughs> Players have not been performing as to what they're getting paid for. This year, uh, because of COVID. Uh, that's obvious. Yeah, because of COVID. And I, this is the only thing that the Reds messed up on, and I don't think they're allowed to because of Ra- Rob Manfrod. That's a, that's a correct terminology right there. Uh, is... You know, they should have what the Reds should have done was come out and said, Hey, uh, unfortunately, we're gonna have to take a slight step back. We're gonna, we're not gonna go rebuild mode, but we, we just can't, uh, due to we don't know what's gonna happen. Back in December, we didn't think there'd be even be fans in the stands. Me and you are gonna be yelling at, uh, Mike DeWine if there weren't any, but you know, back in, in December when the offseason started. Uh, there was uh, Rob Manfred was still talking about playing a, a shortened season. Cause, cause he's an idiot. Yeah. So looking at uh, what Forbes reported and, and they're the numbers uh, that get reported there, I think come from Deloitte. Uh, they're pretty close uh, to what gets pu- uh, publicly, pu- uh, publicly announced by public companies and, uh, and that kind of thing. So I, I believe the numbers are close. Reds lost 50, million dollars last year net yeah uh they only had a hundred and five million dollars in revenue usually they're in like the 230 240 million dollar range uh their office employees were pretty much furloughed from may until october so uh, you know th- there was no way they could add this season there's no way uh that they could even keep the 155 million dollar payroll uh, so they cut it down to 122 million this year, which is still quite a bit. The Reds did say they borrowed some money, which is not like them. Uh, I guess hoping that uh, what we're seeing now is going to happen with uh, full capacity. So that's that. That's the biggest reason why they didn't add in the off season. Well, you got you got to imagine too what it was like to play in front of nobody. Well, nobody, but I mean, all just from a business standpoint, because uh, I know people are like, "Well, the team's worth one billion dollars." That doesn't mean anything, unless they sell. Right. Unless they sell part, they have two options with that. Yeah. They can sell part of the team, which uh, you know that's not going to cause. That's not going to help with consistency. Uh, I mean, the Mets sold uh, have a brand new owner, uh, one of the richest guys in America, and they're still not really you know setting the world on fire. Except to Grom. Well, yeah, but no one, but he doesn't get any support. Uh, so, you know, and so the Reds are worth one billion, but yeah, they, they, no, I mean, someone said, well, you can borrow off that. That's, but you know, rich people don't get rich by uh, borrowing off that, and and even if they could borrow for that, that's not a long term solution. You get if they bought the team for two seventy. It's now worth one billion, uh, roughly. So that's about eight hundred million, but. How quickly would a Trevor Bauer uh, contract deplete your funds and, and cause you to be in trouble uh, financially? Uh, 
and wreck the franchise if you don't have the revenue coming in to support it. So the, the Reds have always ran at pretty much a net zero. They put all the money back into the team, be it uh, they built up their analytics department. <laughs> it's not getting translated to the field very well, but they have built up that. They Of course, they hired uh, the, the driveline people uh, to build up the uh, farm teams and the uh, pitching. And finally, in the probably the first time in the 100-plus year history of the franchise, it seems like the Reds now have a pitching strategy that you're really seeing starting to see this year some dividends pay off in the minor leagues because you have some of the Reds pitching in the minors really killing it so far this season. And I have no doubt you'll see a Hunter Green or a Nick Lodolo by the, by the time uh, September comes around. Oh, don't even forget about Tony Santilla uh, down in uh, in Louisville. He is he is really killing it. Uh, Gutierrez, I think they've already announced that he's probably going to pitch in the Cubs series for come up for a spot start there. I hope so. Anything's better than the crap on the field right now. Absolutely. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, but you know, the Reds ownership, I, I can't give them full blame. I can't give the front office full blame. Uh, they can't, they didn't, they, they could not have planned for COVID last year. Nobody could have, and they couldn't really plan on a real budget this year because they didn't know what was going to be allowed or be or be done. And that has to be done back in October that, that you can't plan your budget in March. Well, I mean, that, that's also why free agency took so long. It stretched it out. to oh, yeah. big names. It, it, it's, it, And it's not the red, it's not just the reds that were like no. that. You had basically, you had three teams that were spending money, four teams, the Yankees, kind of the Mets, the Padres, the Padres and the Dodgers. The Padres went crazy in the offseason. They went crazy. The Dodgers, uh, they went crazy. But, uh, yeah. you know, they, they make $400 million a year off their TV. So, well, it, they make Trevor Bauer. I mean, yeah. they, they were sweepstakes for Trevor Bauer for a while there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But, you know, they, they had the money. San Diego, uh, I, I don't know enough about their franchise, but, I mean, they're the only major league team really left in San Diego. Uh, yeah. The Giants may have spent a little bit, bit of money towards the end, but, uh, you know, there wasn't – free agency was very slow this offseason because of COVID. Isn't it weird, though, with the Giants? Their whole pitching staff's all former Reds Oh, pitchers. I know. Like one guy, I don't even remember him really pit Gosman. I don't remember him pitching for the Reds or being that good if he was here. And now he's, he's like, throwing like Cy Young. Yeah, he came in he came from an Atlanta – the Atlanta deal, I think, for Duvall or something. I don't know. Yeah, but if, if COVID had not happened – you know, you take away that $50 million loss, the, the Reds probably were going to spend some money this past offseason because the winning window is pretty much now through 2023, 2024. After that, the Reds lose a lot of players, and uh, they're going to have to have some really good drafts these next few years to, to maintain it. Of course, you know, they could, they could spend money there or they could choose to go the rebuild route again, but uh, right now is when they need to uh, win. Going the rebuild route again <laughs> now would not work you would have another four or five six ten years we would be the pirates Ugh, i don't want to be the pirates <laughs> i don't want to be the pirates either so the, 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 the biggest thing is i mean the reds are spending in 2021 nick castellanos 14 million dollar base salary he is living up to that and more yep uh suarez 
$13.5 million this year. The ownership is paying money for players. The players are not performing. $13.5 million. Can you, can you imagine, though, if this was George Steinbrenner's team and he had a player like Suarez batting 159? Oh, uh, well, if, if it was if it was George Steinbrenner, of course, you know he had a lot of bad teams before he finally got it under control uh, in the two th- early two thousands. But uh, George Steinbrenner, I'm talking about the money. Though. I'm talking about oh, the money. Though. Absolutely, he's paying that much money to a player who's not performing, then he, he's gonna he's gone. He would get rid of him. Oh, he would got rid of him, and David Bell probably would have been hired and fired three times by now, like he used to do with Billy Martin. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Sonny Gray's getting $10 million. That's a bargain. Uh, I know Sonny struggled a little bit this year, but he's he's earning his keep a little bit. He's 0-3. Yeah, I know he's 0-3, but uh, so not all of that's his fault. Uh, Shogo Akiyama, $7 million. Now, this one, doesn't fall on, this one doesn't fall on Shogo. He was a little bit injured. Doesn't fall on Bob Castellini. Doesn't fall on Jeff Weiler, one of the other owners of the Reds. Doesn't fall on the Williams brothers. That falls purely on it. If, if Shogo is healthy and ready to go, that uh, waste of $7 million falls completely on David Bell. Well, that's my question. Just kind of, it's kind of part ownership type of deal. Uh huh. Does, are the Reds sellers at the deadline? Well, I will get into that in a minute. Let's go over some of the other okay. other contracts. Uh, Luis Castillo, four point two million. Looks like a deal going into the season. Right now, he doesn't look like he belongs in the majors. No, he's horrible right now. Tucker Barnhart, three point seven. Ace is not the ace. Three point seven million dollars for Tucker Barnhart. That is definitely a bargain. Yeah, the way he's been hitting though lately, it's like, how is he batting 280? I don't get it. <laughs> well, I was, I, maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. Yeah, he's he's doing well. Uh, Jesse, he's making hard contact. He's hitting line drives. Uh, some of it, he was very lucky early on. So I, I didn't yeah. think he was going to stay a 320 hitter all year. But if he stays 280 uh, with his gold okay. glove catching, absolutely. Because, you know, he was struggling to get 200 the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Winker, of course he's arbitration one, so he's definitely not, not on that big league contract yet. 3.1 million. Absolute bargain. Yeah, definitely a bargain. Uh, Tyler Naquin. Now this guy, 2.2 million. They've got him in the off season, uh, from, uh, I'm sorry. That's Tyler Malley. I read that wrong. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, Tyler Malley, 2.2 million. Eh, we'll put him, uh, I mean, 2.2 million for a pitcher in the majors today is very cheap. Uh, Sean Doolittle, one of the offseason uh, bargains they got. Uh, it's been hit or miss with him, one one and a half million dollars. Uh, same thing, Amir Garrett. Uh, he's been pitching or pitching much better lately. Uh, Tyler Naquin's making one and a half million, but you know he he he's one of those players that uh, David Bell has just not figured out how to how to uh, manage correctly. Early on in the season, he was on fire. Then he got benched and cooled off. Um, it's, it's, there's just too many choices for David Bell and he, he doesn't seem to, sometimes he picks the, the right moves, but more often than not, he's, he makes your, makes you scratch your head. And the thing is, Tyler Naquin was a guy he got as a bargain. He was a minor league contract guy in spring training and then you get him and he makes the team and look what he did early on. Like you said, he was leading the league in batting average for a little while and home runs. 
And then he sat him for, I don't know how long it was. And then he's cooled off and now he hasn't really been able to get back on track. Right. And then other guys, the Reds have spent money on Joey Votto, of course, making 25 million this year uh, on the tail end of a, of a very pricey. But I, I think when you look at the overall career of Joey Votto, a very valuable contract and the Reds got their value from him, both in marketing and uh, value on the field. If you look at the other players, $14 million to Mike Moustakis. Uh, of course, he's injured right now with a heel. we got Wade Miley uh, making $8 million, uh, with the foot. He, he's been pretty good uh, most of the time. Bad outing the last time, but with the foot. And I think it's off his plant foot, so that makes it even worse. Uh, Michael Lorenzen got $4.4 million in arbitration in the offseason. Um, yeah, he hasn't thrown a pitch yet because he's injured. Not, nothing. I hope hope he comes back soon. But you know, injuries come into place when you, especially when you're a small market, because um, because you don't have the deep benches except in the outfield. <laughs> this team does uh, to uh, to make up the difference. Of course, Aquino's also injured on the 60 day. Brandon Bailey, a pitcher they got in the off season, very cheap pitcher. So the Reds didn't do much in the off season. That that. I think that kind of bothers the, the the fans some, but you know when you have the season that they did last year, you didn't have the revenue to continue the hundred and fifty five million dollars. The players that you get, they've got to play. Now, one thing I will say, and it's something that um, Nick Crawl needs to do. It's something the Reds are going to have to as an organization. Doesn't really at this point. I don't think it involves Bob <laughs> necessarily. Uh, but we, at some point uh, this in, in the next few weeks, three or four weeks, if some of the players that are on this team at the major league level are not performing and you have some guys at AAA, even AA, that are absolutely tearing it up, no question, I, I think at that point you've got to make the decision, do you bring these guys up now? And then do you become sellers with some guys like Suarez and, and take a chance on – uh, the guy replacing him at a much cheaper rate, especially since Suarez has struggled for the short season last year and and this year. Or uh, do you stick with your major league guys and just and when you have to bring someone up from injury, you bring up someone that's not necessarily your top prospect that you want to get the and the, so you keep delaying the uh, service time on. Or do you uh, go for broke and do you bring up the guys like uh, Hunter Green? Do you bring up uh, Lodolo? Do you bring up uh, some of the guys uh, like the shortstop in Louisville that's absolutely tearing it up uh, right now, hitting, I think, 350 when I looked at it Friday? Um, Rodriguez, the, the kid that they signed from um, from Cuba. Alfredo Rodriguez, yes. Alfredo Rodriguez is absolutely tearing it up in Louisville. He was known for his glove, and uh, he uh, – he never could hit, but this year he's hitting. So if, if, if he keeps hitting like that, do you bring him up? If it were me, if I'm making this decision, I'm, I'm going to put, I'm going to bring up Rodriguez and we're going to give him a shot at shortstop in the major league and see if he can hit the pitching in the major league level. But Suarez is not cutting it. Um, I would either sit him. I know he's making a bunch of money. Not you don't want to put him on the bench for that, but well, I mean, if, he's they, not gonna, if he's not going to hit, you got to sit him. They benched Votto what two three games last year? Yeah, he's, he's making. Struggled. He's that. He 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 
fixed his, himself and got out there and started hitting again. I, you know, and three games last year is almost like a full week yeah. in a regular season. So, I mean, why? I, granted, the Reds have some some uh, injuries right now, but why not give him a few days on the bench, let him kind of readjust, uh, work on things in the cages, work with the, the hitting coaches like uh, Votto did last year? I mean, you got to give these kids a chance at some point. They're hitting really well, playing really well in the minors. They're, they're, they're working their butts off, and but, they deserve a shot. But bottom line, a lot of fans are saying it's Bob Castellini. Sell the team. It's not Bob Castellini when you have your all-star shortstop hitting, what, 183, 163? No, he's about 151 or something like that now. Oh, so, it's you worse. know, that's not Bob Castellini's fault. That is Suarez's fault. That is David Bell's fault for running him out there day after day, hitting pop-ups or striking out with the bases loaded. He's not getting it done. It's time. It's, it's time. You benched Votto last year. It's time to, it's time for the manager to, to, uh, take some responsibility. Some of the heat, you know, Bob's at the top guy. So he gets some of the heat too, but you know, Elon Musk could buy this team. The payroll is not going to increase unless the revenues increase. Suarez isn't automatically going to start fans, becoming a fan. So want to go. The fans don't want to come and watch that either. If they're going to lose every game, nobody wants to come watch it. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, Friday night I went to the game. Uh, it was a three-home run game by Jesse Winker. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Bob Castellini was on the kiss cam. Uh, he was in Redzilla. I mean, uh, I don't know if that just kind of energized the players or not or just happened to be at the same time. The fans were awesome that night. It was the best energy I've, I've had in two years at a ba- baseball game. Uh, 17,000 people there probably would have been 34 if uh, there were still no uh, COVID restrictions. Uh, fireworks were great. There were no masks. People weren't acting like they were scared. You're going to kill them if you got within three feet of them. <laughs> so, uh, but no, it, it was a lot of fun. The, it was the Reds were winning had, had it been the night before where they got uh, shelled 19 to four, probably not the same attitude. I mean, if, if Bob Castellini came out there, uh, whatever inning they do, the uh, Redzilla, I think it's the fourth inning, and the Reds were down 19 to nothing, I don't think people would have been as, as happy to see him or, or as fun. Now, of course, they, they showed his wife first. You're not going to boo a man's wife. No. <laughs> but, uh, but, no, it was a lot of fun Friday night. They need the fun atmosphere, uh, which they, they do a pretty good job on that, and they need to be competitive and win. And uh, in order to do that, they need some of their guys back that's on the injured list. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do at the uh, trade deadline. Uh, if they're comp- if they don't fall back too far in the next few weeks, I don't. I think they could add now that um, now that they can go back to full capacity. Uh, they know that TV dollars are not going to be cut this year because they're going to get a full 162 games in. But uh, but it's not Bob's fault yet. <laughs> now, if, if next offseason, if yet. they if they don't do anything to add, uh, if they bring back David Bell, I almost said David Price again, combining Brian Price and David Bell, because David Bell, uh, I mean, I wanted to give him a chance, but you know, the, the ever since he got here, the hitting's gone down. Of course, hitting's gone down in baseball. 
there haven't been consistent lineups, and some of the in-game decisions have made me scratch my heads more than uh, some of Brian Price's in-game decisions. Well, at least he's not double switching every five innings or so. Well, but, la- well, last year he couldn't because well, actually, I think he tried to do that last year even with the DH. So <laughs> uh, David Bell was doing; he still does a lot of double switches. So uh, it's it's yeah, even, even, it's it's unnecessary to keep doing double switches. Well, in the National League, when the when the batters and a lot of the guys, especially in the analytic era, and I think a big thing is you know pitchers come out in the fourth or fifth inning now, even if they're throwing a no hitter. Well, you're, plus, when you're down 19 to nothing, you got two position players throwing. There's oh, yeah. Wrong well, you know, I, I know you're saying Alex Blandino's not done well. He has done well pitching. Maybe he should go and become a pitcher with the knuckleball. Yeah, you know, if he becomes a pitcher, I think he might be better off because he's a terrible hitter and he's a terrible player in the field. <laughs> you know, he was a first-round draft pick. I find it hard to believe, honestly. He absolutely was, but uh... – you know, you know, Keely Smith was a first-round draft pick. Well, that's true, too. We're getting way <laughs> off subject. So where do you grade uh, Bob's overall ownership of the team? Just And, and you know, uh, some of the other stuff we didn't get into, he is absolutely not Mike Brown. Uh, the Reds do a ton for the community. They do a ton for the fans. They do an unbelievable job um, serving their uh, season ticket base. I've had so many opportunities that I would not have had under Lender, uh, would not have had uh, with other owners, Marge. <laughs> so, you know, the off-field stuff as an organization, A-plus. On the field and the results, because, you know, he said he was going to bring championship baseball back to Cincinnati. After when he let go Dusty Baker, he said he, we just weren't going to lose anymore. So I, I think I, I got to give him a – for the on-field, I got to give him a C. Since two thousand six, there's the I'll, I'll wipe off the losing seasons, three of the seasons for during the rebuild, but uh, you know they've been kind of mediocre since two thousand nineteen, when they said they were going to be comp- competitive again. Well, I, I'd like to be in the hiring process for the managers. Because- <laughs> well, you know, Joe Girardi was offered the job, but uh, he turned it down. I don't know if uh, if it was money or if he just didn't want the challenge. Well, I think he ended up taking over a team that was in the rebuilding stage. So it was probably the money. Uh, I think he also got an offer to be kind of like a Barry Larkin deal where you're just talking about baseball and still getting probably paid more money. So I could kind of see him wanting to do that instead of, uh, you know, the stress that comes with being a manager, especially for a team rebuilding or coming out of a rebuild. But uh but yeah, uh, it's the hiring process. I mean, do you go the next manager? Do the, you go and try to find a, a very experienced guy like a Dusty Baker or a Tony Larusa, an old school guy like the White Sox got, which doesn't seem to be working there with uh, the manager attacking his own players? Or do you do what they've they've done the last few times and what was kind of a trend in baseball? and go and get a guy with no managing experience to take over the team. I mean, it worked for the Cardinals for a while with Matheny before he kind of got under the organization's nerves. It kind of worked uh, for the – it's working for the Brewers. They got Craig Council. I mean, maybe Barry Larkin is the answer. He took his name out of contention in 2019. 
Maybe that's a scheme of things, having Barry in the booth. Well, it could be. Then again, think about that. Maybe, maybe then again, maybe, you maybe know, it is because Barry Barry could see him. Barry could see from where he is. You know, he could break down what the pitchers are doing and what they're not doing. Right. What the but, hitters, the struggle the hitters are having. He could see that. But and if he just if if he maybe he takes over, or 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 is it easier for a guy like him or a guy like uh, the Cowboy to call the games in the booth, kind of analyze what the team is doing or not doing, and not have to take the heat from the fans uh, when things go wrong? I, I I think I would want to be in on the decision making. Honestly, if, if, if I'm going to sit there and critique it and I have an opportunity to go out there and, and, and run the team, I want that opportunity to fix what is the wrongs. You're going to right the wrongs right. That, now that are going on in this team. Right. I, I, it, I, it all surrounds David Bell, computer boy. <laughs> I would love to see Barry Larkin. I don't know if some other fans uh, would still be against it because at the bottom line is outside of maybe Pete Rose, Barry Larkin might still have that kind of uh, – Kind of clout with the Reds fans, it's going to be very hard uh, to, uh, you know, keep the boo birds away. Then again, you know, Tony Perez, who did not get long enough of a, of a shot with the Reds, uh, he struggled with the Reds, but is still beloved by Reds fans. So maybe a Barry Larkin could get a chance, but, you know, uh, I, th- I think he'd want to make sure it's a year where he's going to get the players that he wants. Yeah, and I mean, if you listen to him talk about the struggles that Suarez is having and everything, you, you got to feel for it that he wants to fix it. He wants to help him. But as an analyst, you can't do that. No, that's true. So anyway, I, I, where do you? I, I don't think you answered my question. I think we went into the weeds on Barry Larkin. Yeah, we, we did. Where, we veered where, off the road a little where, bit. There. <laughs> where, where do you grade Bob Castellini since two thousand and six on the team for his? Both his on-field and off-field accomplishments. Well, I mean, making the postseason uh, four times. Um, I think you know that's an accomplishment, but but making it four times in what sixteen years? No, sixteen. Oh, sorry, 15 fourteen years. years or yeah, fourteen, is, fifteen seasons. Um, that that's a little concerning, but you know he's trying to turn it around. He's doing what he can with the budget he has. Uh, I would give him a I would give him a B plus. Um, on the field right now, I think it's a D. Right. Well, I mean, on the field since 2006. But so this year, yeah, this year it's, it's it's tough. I'm giving him a little bit of a pass for COVID. This year I'd probably say – I'm kind of saying a C overall, and a lot of that's just uh, how they're playing this year. And and also the rebuild brings it down a little bit. So I yeah. know I said I discounted that, but, you know, you can't discount it completely. Um, so I think Reds fans, they're just frustrated. So – you're going to attack the top. You're going to attack the manager. Some some Reds fans uh, don't think the manager matters. I completely disagree. <laughs> uh, I think we've seen that too much with uh, since Dusty left. I think if Dusty was here, the rebuild would have been a three-year rebuild, maybe a two-year rebuild because uh, he knew how to win with uh, teams that didn't have the talent to get there. He did that the first couple of years he was here. In 2009, 2008, he, he had them competitive until the end, and they just ran out of gas. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do at the uh, break and what they do in this coming offseason. Uh, I, I think they can't – they need to go one way or the other. I think with, uh, you know, Votto's contract expiring, 
Moustakis expiring, uh, depending on what uh, Castellanos does this offseason. His uh, contract expires all around the same time. So this is the window. They got to they got to find a way to keep Castellanos after this season because I do think he's going to opt out if he keeps playing this way. He'd be stupid not to because <laughs> he's putting up MVP numbers uh, along with uh, Jesse Winker. So well, he's he's the best player in the team. I, I would say Jesse Winker is a step ahead of him. <laughs> but yeah, they're one well, A. Probably not defensively, but now they Castellanos. Yeah, one Castellanos a, is a little bit better. One A, one one B. So you know the the offensive. I mean, they're, they're, they're one and two in the lineup right now. They're leading the both leading the league one and two in, in batting average. So yeah, hey, it's, it's great. It. It's cra- absolutely so. You know, the, the Reds got to find a way to keep uh, Castellanos. Uh, Winker's an arbitration, but uh, I would almost find try to find a way to sign him longer term because once Fado does retire, uh, right now it, it, they're going to be basically starting from scratch in twenty twenty four. Uh, based on the players they have now, because almost everybody's contract that's on the team now expires. So, Dude. Well, plus you got to remember one thing: when Barry Larkin retired, they had no replacement for him. Well, Felipe that, Lopez, yeah, Felipe Lopez was a guy for a year and a half. That was the plan, and he didn't uh, succeed. Right, and now Joey Votto's at the end of his career, and they don't have anybody to replace him. Nope, they don't. And, you know, the same the same thing was true with some of the outfielders they lost in the last rebuild. Jay Bruce and, you know, Adam Duvall tried. Uh, Scott Shebler had a good year. But, uh, you know, it's going to be some struggles that year. So the winning window is now. Hopefully now that COVID is over with and the COVID restrictions are over with is probably more accurate Hopefully they can uh, once again spend in this offseason, add some pieces to the bullpen. Hopefully Suarez finally figures it out because, uh, you know, if, if he's struggling like that, the Reds aren't going to be able to trade him with, with that much money left on his contract. And he still has that much money left on this contract. So they're not going to be able to go out and spend additional money and get uh, and get someone to replace him. So that's going to be – that's he is a – him struggling this badly is hurting this team. He's becoming a Robert Stevenson of this era. No, he's become he's become a Chris Davis. Or right, Chris Davis, yeah. You know how badly he was struggling. Yeah, so I I think Suarez. I love I love Suarez, but uh, right now he he should not be playing. No, he should be on the bench right now. So we have gone way over, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> You know, I thought we we're going to talk about Bob Castellini. It was going to be a 15-minute uh, podcast. We're at uh, 57 minutes right now, so we're going to wrap it up here. We didn't really talk a lot about Bob Castellini on this episode, but I think we got our frustrations out. If you have frustrations, uh, let us know about it in the Reds Fans Chatter Facebook group or Real Reds Fans uh, Facebook group. And uh, But overall, it's not Bob's fault completely. Not entirely. Uh, COVID comes into play, and the players that need to play well are not playing well, and on top of that, they're still playing. So until that happens, until the players play up to their ability, this team is going to struggle. Until Votto comes back, Mustakas comes back, and those guys are probably going to need some rehab time down in Louisville for a few days at least. You know, it, it's it's going to be tough. Uh, but you know, there's no excuse for Suarez. 
he he's not performing. He's had some big opportunities to bring the Reds. Well, Votto had a glove on today at first base. Oh, that was awesome. But, you know, Suarez has had some opportunities to make big plays at the plate, and he's failed miserably. He failed Friday night, didn't, didn't affect the outcome. He failed today with the bases loaded. That could have affected the outcome because, you know, uh, the Reds lost big today, but – you know that could have that uh, hitting a grand slam or a double with the bases loaded that changes the momentum of the game. And you know, and plus when he's striking out two three times a game that that's how that's terrible. Striking out or worse popping up with the bases loaded. You can't let that happen. No. Especially if there's less than two outs because even if you had a ground ball you you have a chance to score a run. Yeah, like you said, he came up there, it was 5-2, to two, and he had a chance to, to get the lead if he hit one out, and then he strikes out. Yeah, hit a double, you, you keep the rally going, but he strikes out looking a lot of times. He looks completely lost, and it, it's it's still early in the season, but it's not that early for him anymore. He really, he's not shown of any, any signs of getting out of the slump where, you know, Votto, before he got injured, he looked like he was starting to really turn it on, and he was getting big hits even even when he was hitting around 200, he was still getting big hits. And for the most part, Suarez has not got the big hit. Because, you know, Adam Dunn, you know, he, he'd hit 220, 230, but he would find those big hits. Same thing with Junior. I mean, Junior never hit that low, I don't think. But Junior was hitting 250, 260, but he would get the big hits. And Suarez at the plate, when he comes up, I almost feel like it's an automatic out. Yeah, it's pretty bad when you you see him as a fan. You come up here and he, he's he's going to hit, and you figure in the back of your mind he's going to strike out. Right. So because he does, and he does. So we're going to wrap this up. Bob Castellini has done a good job so far. Not great. Has not reached his goal of a championship, but the losing's on, not Bob. his fault. We need a ring, buddy. Yep. Spend money this coming <laughs> off season. We're going to have a full house rest of the year. Go buy Reds tickets. Yes. Fireworks Fridays, bobbleheads Saturdays. <laughs> if nothing else, go get that by a by a ten dollar pop. Hey, I'll I'll be there on Memorial Day, so come see me. Awesome. And I, my next game right now is looking like July the third. Wow. Because <laughs> you, you must have vacation coming. Wink, wink. Well, I do have vacation coming, and also uh, like two of the three games in that I have for the in June. I have a twenty game package. Two of them are twelve thirty-five uh, weekday games, and unfortunately, I have to work. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I'm not one of the guys uh, living off of unemployment. Sadly, sadly, <laughs> and I and you know I I don't have a trust fund, and I'm not rich, so unfortunately, I got to work. But I'm in the same uh, boat you are, brother. <laughs> what's that? Yeah, yeah, twelve thirty-five weekday games. Doesn't work for me, bro. (laughs) So anyway, until next week, go Reds. Go Reds.